You're listening to Creative Voices, sponsored by Treebark Store. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the show. I am joined by Pierre Siafche. Uh, Pierre, thanks so much for taking the time to come talk to me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So Pierre, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do, please? Yeah, sure thing. So um, my name is Pierre Trevice and um, I'm from the Mourns area in uh, South Down, Northern Ireland. And I'm a freelance illustrator and creative. Um, yeah, and like I mainly sell uh, different product ranges of different locations. Um, so predominantly of the Mourn Mountains, where I'm from, and um, other places like the Causeway Coast. And I sell them as greeting cards and prints and that sort of thing. And uh, I've had the privilege of seeing your work and it's... There's a great outdoorsy feel and very natural feel and yet is sort of an artistic interpretation of the mountain ranges I feel at the same time. Yeah, Could you talk yeah. a little bit about how you how you learned to be an illustrator and the kind of journey to your current style? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um it's pretty like down the line linear. So like um my parents are actually both artists. Um so I grew up in a very like creative household and um art was always something that I was very passionate about. I just followed that line straight through to uh, university and studied illustration there. Um, and then after university, yeah, it was, it was quite stressful. It was quite full on. I was on quite like a competitive course, uh, joining Cornwall, um, Falmouth University. And, um, after that, I just, um, decided to go traveling for a bit. Um, and then after that, when I came back home, I decided that was really what I wanted. I really consolidated me, like having like traveled. I knew like I wanted to set up my own business, um, as a creative. Yeah. So yeah, the last two years I've set up my business um as a illustrator and um yeah just taking on day jobs in between that but yeah that's mainly where i'm at, at the minute yeah so i guess having you know the artistic background for your parents made it a bit easier to have the support there and to to know that it was something you could do oh yeah no absolutely like i think i really like took that for granted it was only when i went to university and like other kids that were there that were saying like oh you're so lucky your parents understand your kind of <laughs> creative career and like the choice you want to yeah. go down to because yeah they were just totally like yeah of course set up your own business that's a great idea like whereas i know like a lot of parents would be like oh do you not want to do medicine or law or something <laughs> like that so <laughs> yeah no i was definitely had a lot of support from them which was great yeah for them then is the the nature of what they do very different from your own work yeah like i'd say to an extent like well like my mom did actually she studied graphic design and illustration as well but i'd say it was quite different because she did graphic design in the 80s so literally before they did any computer work so she would have done like proper like everything like analog essentially um so i'd say it was a bit different but um she went more down the teaching kind of route so she's actually a tutor and then my dad's way more like traditional kind of figurative oil painting that sort of thing so he's more like the fine art kind of scene but um in many aspects yeah they're very like um it's all yeah. interdisciplinary what they do so yeah it's all there's lots of crossovers with what i do as well i suppose yeah i suppose it must have been interesting to you know have the the broadness of experience there growing up and see the different styles I mean, kind of helped you maybe perhaps find your own your own version of stuff with it yeah, yeah, definitely. So like, they've just like always given me like creative freedom, which has always been amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's quite funny. Like, um, cause we all do on planner painting. So like when we had family holidays, like my sister as well, I should say she like, she's an amazing painter as well. Um, we all on family holidays, we'd all just be painting away together. So it kind of <laughs> looks a bit like the Von Trapp family <laughs> kind of, it's that kind of vibe. It's quite funny, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah no, so that's always been amazing. We've always like, 
done art together as a family as well. So yeah, that's been lovely. <laughs> that must be an interesting experience because it's a very different way than a lot of families spend their time these days, to be fair. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, um, it's really great because like we all like kind of inspire each other. If like one person's out painting, then the other one's kind of like, oh, I need to be doing that kind of thing. So it's okay. quite good. Yeah, it's quite positive. Yeah, yeah. pretty much almost to push each other forward, really. Yeah, yeah. In a non kind of like competitive yeah. <laughs> sense, which is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then the specifics of your work, I know that like you grew up around the Moor Mountains, so that obviously always inspired you. Yeah. Choice for watercolours, and I know you mentioned before that you use some reference of cartography and so forth to generate that work. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So um, when I went to uh, art college, like we kind of tried out everything and then um, it just kind of like made me realise I just love, like I just fell in love again with watercolour medium. Like, and yeah, that's kind of like my passion really is watercolour and just like, finding out how to use that material and then like on planner work is what I've always been used to doing so um yeah that's like my main body is like uh like my main practice is doing kind of on planner watercolors and documenting the landscape and for me it's more about um when I like explore cartography it's more about just how can I uh, document this landscape in a different way and how can I convey like my personal experience, like being present in that moment in that landscape. And for me, like watercolor is just such an immediate response to that environment. It's such a fluid, like you're literally using water. So it's entirely affected yeah. by like that moment in time, like what the weather's doing and stuff. So for me, I think it's just like a really like, it, yeah, it best like captures kind of it kind of very accurately um, for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's like there's a lot of serendipity like serendipitous kind of moments with watercolor you can't really fully control it and I think that's really like beautiful and it's like a nice kind of metaphor for like our natural environment and stuff like you can like enjoy it and experience it but at the end of the day like you need to respect it and you can't like control, you can't control it. our yeah. environment yeah yeah so that's kind of like I think like environmental principles are also like strong like it's my kind of core beliefs is kind of these ideas of like conservation and protecting our natural environment and for me, I try and do that when I reference like mapping and cartography. It's kind of um, bringing people like more awareness to our like natural landscape. For me, um, it's like that idea of like if people are more like familiar with like say the Mourn Mountains and they can like label all the mountains, then they're more likely to want to protect it and like because it's something that they know okay. very well. Giving them a sense love. of ownership of so, it, really. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, and like, um, yeah. I suppose there is that. There's that dictonomous kind of thinking of like mapping and like owning it and but it's more just more being aware of your environment as well yeah. is yeah what I'm kind of looking into yeah I suppose when you grow up in somewhere like at the foothills of the more mountains it's hard to ignore your environment isn't it oh uh, yeah exactly exactly like I yeah I'm pretty spoiled like I grew up kind of just like right on the coast as well so I had mountains and sea so yeah, yeah. it's pretty amazing <laughs> I'm actually just back from um photo shoot in Connemara earlier today and it's somewhere I drive through quite often oh, nice. and uh, no more than that it was just you know I, I often drive through it to get to Clifton and other places and I have occasionally taken photos there but when I was seeking out specific spots I was like oh my god I'm completely spoiled for choice here I could shoot everywhere you know oh my goodness yeah Connemara is just yeah so like um, yeah as you know like uh, Connemara is a new like product range that I've been looking into and it's just like yeah, I feel like I could just spend like years, like researching the area. And so it's just like a wealth of like 
history and like oh my goodness the landscapes yeah it's amazing <laughs> it's really beautiful yes. yeah, whenever you turn a corner there's something new you know oh it like yeah it's just it's just amazing like the like the 12 bands and the mom Turks just like because they're so different to the morns the morns are like a lot more rolling and yeah like it's just you're walking into just such a different environment it's yeah it's yeah. A really amazing experience and yeah. you were in uh was it cornwall you were in recently as well yeah so um so uh, yeah i should actually say yeah so i'm actually based currently the last year i'm in cambridgeshire but i move around quite a lot so i'm at home like i'm in the mornings a lot because that's where my main business is and uh where all my like clients kind of mainly are so i kind of jump around quite a bit um but yeah like uh, me and my partner were both quite fortunate that um we can work remotely to a large extent so yeah we try and get out as much as we can to like either the west coast cornwall or uh wheels or ireland so mm. yeah yeah and like it's all kind of informing my practice as well like the more places i can get out to the more potential kind of product ranges i can do so yeah, yeah it's all pretty beneficial <laughs> you must have a lot of places on your um your hit list so i'd imagine that that's the problem yeah <laughs> there's like too many places not enough time kind of thing yeah <laughs> yeah and uh you're familiar with one of the previous guests we had on the show we had simon from turf and grain a while back and you yeah yeah you collaborated with him for one of his issues, wasn't it? Yeah, that that was really, really amazing. Yeah. So he did um uh the his like issue on makers and he got me on board uh to have like an article in it and yeah, I was lucky enough to take um uh Simon the editor and the team, Team Turf, out into the morns for a day and like that was really amazing and then since then we've been able to um I've done another kind of grip walk with them where we've like scouted out a route and taken a group out and then uh, I know Simon's done a few groups where, uh, like since then where he's taken groups out into the mornings and yeah we're hopefully going to do it again in September which is quite cool so yeah it's been really exciting so far that kind of collaboration with someone else so it's been really I suppose to be out on a collaboration yeah. in your environment that you love so much with someone who's so passionate about this nature stuff as well is, is pretty special Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, like, I, I am used to, like, a lot of my stuff is very solitary. So to be able to have the chance to do that and, yeah, just, like, meet, like, kind of like-minded people has been really great. Yeah. So And, yeah, the work Simon's doing, like, really commendable. I think it's oh, really yeah, great to yeah. just shine a light yeah. on all the positive aspects of Northern Ireland because, for the most part, you know, it just gets the negative press. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, something he kind of mentioned as well you know, when he was on the show. And I know that he's kind of in the process at the moment of... Uh, I think he's fundraising to make the next issue happen, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty sure they're doing a Kickstarter. I think that's the yes, idea. To, yeah, and like, yeah. I, I think his focus as well, like it's going to be more collaborative, like even though it has been like, I think the emphasis and the onus on the whole um, publication now is going to be like collaboration with even more people, which I think is really like commendable. Like it's really good. Yeah. So could we talk a little bit about your actual process when you're out and about? So, you know, say you come to yeah, Connemara and you, you're looking for something there. Do you scout around first or do you just kind of feel out the area and see what you like or how does that actually go? Um, well, yeah, like, so with Connemara, like I've always, I've been back and forth there, like growing up as well. So I, yeah, I tend to go for places that I'm more familiar with because then I have an idea of like roots in my head and yeah, I'm always kind of thinking of, um, like with all my location ranges, I'm always thinking of what would make a nice panoramic view that I yeah. can kind of label, like, and I can get a lot of information in. So for me, I tend to go for places with like mountain ranges, distinguishable mountain ranges that I can then, uh, condense and like kind of capture into like little illustrations. Um, so yeah, so a lot of it's just mapping out routes. 
and going from there and then just yeah having a scout like a scout essentially and like having a recce and like doing the routes getting as much like on planner work as possible because that's like the most important kind of aspect to my work yeah. yeah is just um doing that like work on location and then um from there like a lot of times I'll hold on to that work but I'll develop it when I'm back in my studio um so it's a bit more like refined and composed but um I'm still trying to like recreate that kind of um atmosphere that I captured like while you were there being in location yeah. if you know what I mean yeah yeah exactly and with that then do you do you photograph the locations as well so you have a, a visual of it or do you just do it purely from like the the feel of oh, what you did while you're there yeah 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 well like I'll, I'll always take photographs because um yeah it's just super useful because like in the cases with like Connemara like I'm not it's hard to just get back there to take yeah. uh, like a reference photo or whatever so yeah I always try and get like as much information as possible um, and yeah it's quite interesting with um, like Mam Turks and 12 Bands it was actually quite hard to find reference imagery like when I was Google searching it which was a bit surprised at um, there, like there was a few images but yeah like um, it was good to just go there and then get as much information yeah. as possible um, oh, I thought yeah, there'd be like I mean, tons of photos like, I, of, of those locations oh yeah, like, I mean, there is, like, you know, like, Derry Clare Lock, like, the really I iconic... I there today. Uh, Pine Island, I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I mean, that image, yeah, there's, like, I could find loads of that, but the Mam Turks especially, I don't know if they're just, like, a lesser walked. I feel like they are really popular, though, in the mountaineering community, but, um, yeah, I find it quite hard to get different aspects um, of the mountains. It was just, like, one kind of view of it, so right. that was really good, just getting there and just being on the ridge, like the mountain ridge, and getting as much sketches as possible. And then, obviously, when you're on the Mam Turks, you get a really good view of the 12 bends uh, when you're up the middle leg, which was really good, too. Yeah, so, so you're getting a bit of bullets, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I tend not to, like, um, base my work on the photographs. They're more just, like, a reference, okay, that mountain's there and that mountain's just there. Just more it's accurate, more, like, I suppose, um, Based on yeah yeah exactly like um but i think like the most valuable thing is just like and i think the most honest thing is like what i capture in that moment and i'm always just trying to recreate that because nothing that i do really compares to what i like do on location really like I, it's just never the same it doesn't have the same energy really because i feel like i'm just absorbed in that moment when i'm painting and like that energy kind of translates through yeah, if you know what I mean. yeah okay, um, so yeah it's, it's always really hard to yeah, it's quite hard to like recreate that when I'm just like static yeah. in my sitting studio in a, kind of thing. Sitting yeah. in a room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm just looking at some of your other work while we talk as well, and you've a, a bit of a fondness for bot botanics yeah. and other other aspects of nature too, I see. Yeah, yeah, no, oh my goodness, yeah. Like it, there's so much to that field, but yeah, I'm slowly trying to like just teach myself how to like observe flora and fauna a bit better when I'm out because I just think like, that's really fascinating. I love that kind of aspect of it as well. Um, yeah, and I love like nature is just like my biggest inspiration. So yeah, I just love florals and yeah, that sort of thing as well. Yeah. I suppose as well, if you uh, spend so much time out and about as you do, it's going to be quite difficult not to pick up on the other aspects of nature around you, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And like, it's also that idea of like when you just, when you're just still and like you're just absorbing that atmosphere and that environment, you just, you know, you tend to notice way more stuff. And like it is, it has been really nice the last two years, like delving into different projects in different areas. Um, cause I did the Causeway Coast as well. And that was really nice to just like, usually I've done that 
all the touristy routes along the Causeway Coast. But um, when I was doing like my body work for like a product range, I was able to just like spend a lot of time just looking around and finding all the plants that are rare or like indigenous just to that area so yeah that was really fun and exciting yeah and so is the bulk of your work um stuff you're working on yourself or do you take commission work or how does that work as well then yeah so like i like i i do like diversify my work quite a lot so um the product ranges of like the location series that's my main body work and i'll like sell that online on my etsy shop and i'll um, stock like uh, gift shops or coffee shops and um, that stock like little illustrated pieces um, but I also yeah I also provide like custom prints custom original paintings like I do quite a bit of like landscape paintings and portraiture work um, and like some maps as well like custom maps are quite popular and then also like I'm kind of blending as well into graphic design a bit sometimes I do the odd like logo or branding okay, so it's a pretty, um, yeah, pretty diverse and broad skill set so to be fair yeah yeah like um and i feel like at the minute like um like we were always told at university like you need to specify because that's how you get most of your work in illustration if you do very like niche specific things and just stick to that whereas like um at the minute because i'm starting off i just really want to just try as much different things as i can and like like i'm trying to like like speed up a bit more on like my adobe skills like my digital skills just so that like i'm just a bit more aware of it like i feel like and let's just find out. I'm still trying to find out really what's working for me. But um, yeah, the if I could just like paint location series, like I you would definitely. But um, yeah, I think I just need to. Yeah, yeah. Like if if I could like just survive off mm-hmm. of that, I would for sure. But um, yeah, I definitely need to supplement my income with other more like commercial work, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, I suppose if you're working on projects that you're interested in, that's, that's fine as well, you know. Yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, yeah. And do you find that a very different mindset? I mean, you're you're applying some similar skills, but to a very different process and project, working for yourself and then taking on commercial work, you know. Yeah, yeah, like the commercial work, um, yeah, it's definitely like a different beast. It's, um, yeah, th- uh, like I do tend to enjoy that because a customer or a client at the other end. So there's a lot more like kind of collaboration in that sense. And it is really rewarding, um, when a client comes in and they've got an idea, but they don't know how to articulate it visually. And then I'm able to step in and create that for them. Like I do find that really like rewarding and that's really satisfying being able to essentially like creative problem solving is essentially what I'm doing kind of thing. Yeah. So that like, that is like that, that's kind of what separates it from like my personal stuff. Cause yeah, the location series, that's all like me essentially. And what I like, that's way more like an organic process Whereas like with the client work, it's a lot more structured and I'm following like a certain formula with that. So it's a bit different in that sense, but yeah, it's all kind of holistically all the same essentially at the end of the yeah, day. I suppose yeah. like I said you're, you're applying a skill set maybe just making your, your brain work in a slightly different way first you know yeah yeah exactly and what exactly. about the portrait work I'm kind of curious about that that must be a completely different process then again is it I actually find that that's probably like my most difficult aspect of my work and like I like it's more around like seasonal times like uh like around Christmas mm. I get way more commissions for that and just yeah. obviously for like Christmas gifts and that kind of thing yeah um but yeah that that's quite hard because it's so personal like um that's what my dad would do quite a lot of like figurative like portraiture stuff and yeah I don't know how he does it just because it is just so hard because obviously it's always family or friends that are yeah. commissioning it so they know that person so well and then there's a lot of pressure to like from a photograph like because it was always a photograph as well to get 
the likeness of someone just from a photo and try and recreate yeah. that like is always quite challenging yeah because like as you talked about your work earlier on about the sense of the environment and your feeling of the the moment when you're there it's very different if you're working off a picture especially mm. if it's someone you may not necessarily know yourself and you're trying to convey their uh, personality as well yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah like actually that's a good question i should yeah i should probably like ask them more about their personality <laughs> i never thought of that um because yeah i'm usually just going off a photo and like sometimes it's not a great photo so that's also another thing so yeah um that that is a bit challenging but i don't i don't tend to do that much of that kind of work it just kind yeah. of crops up now and again kind of thing yeah but yeah it's quite funny like um yeah in the last year i've had a lot of like engagement presence like as in like commissions for people like as a present for someone that's been engaged like for like landscapes of where they got engaged because a lot of people like get engaged around the morns and stuff so yeah i find that quite like i feel like that's quite a niche thing i didn't know that was a thing but yeah like like more and more people are commissioning it so yeah it's quite good there's a market for everything you just have to stumble upon it somehow you know (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's interesting because I, you know, I do some um, engagement shoots with some of my couples before the wedding and stuff, and it's always trying to bring them to a place oh, yeah, where that's right that has some sort of value or connection to them as a couple. You know? Yeah, like somewhere sentimental. Yeah, them, yeah. Is it? Maybe yeah. not the nightclub where they met or something with a bit more value than that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, probably. Well, maybe if it's a nice nightclub, but I doubt it. Yeah. And um, yeah. I'm, I'm just browsing your Instagram here as we talk, and. Uh, Perry, you must have some okay. amount of notebooks, sketchbooks, yeah, and notepads. Yeah, that, is, <laughs> that was like, the, the, yeah, because the last couple of years I've been like moving and it's only when you move when you realize how much <laughs> you've like accumulated. It's a bit, yeah, because I will just like, I'll, I just need to like basically like vomit everything out on the page. Like when I'm like anytime I'm trying to work through a project or anything. Yeah, I just need to get down as much as I can. So yeah, sketchbooks are really, really important. Yeah, it's kind of like, my main kind of focus yeah. is getting as much down in sketchbooks as I can. Do you yeah. keep track of them somehow or do they just stuck, stockpile up and when you go looking for an illustration you hope you can find it? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, so I, like, I'll, I will have like, I, I like to think there's a bit of like a filing system <laughs> a bit, but it probably, it probably doesn't look like that. It probably just looks like chaos. But um, in my head, I've kind of like, each book is either like a location or it's a project or it's a like it's a specific thing or it's commissions just from that year or something like that so there's like there's a bit of a yeah. system yeah okay well sure i suppose if it works for you and you know how it works then that's the most important thing isn't it yeah <laughs> that's the thing yeah <laughs> exactly so talk about what oh, yeah, you're no, sorry, working at gonna... the moment or what you're working towards maybe your next you know you're in cornwall you came, you came to Connemara. where are you thinking of going next or what are you working on uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I've got like uh, a, f- a few things on the go. Um, I've got like um, client work at the minute that's keeping me occupied. So I've got um, quite an interesting one. It's like infographics I'm doing for like a uh, um, geotechnical kind of company. So that's like keeping me occupied at the minute. But um, my like personal kind of work that I want to explore um, is I'm going to do like a observer's kind of guidebook of the Morn Mountains. So it's going to be like a little zine I'm going to self-publish. Um, and it's just going to be like a play on those like vintage observer guidebooks but just a bit more like light-hearted kind of version of my own of the Morn Mountains so that's what I want to work on next and then um after that I've got um well like it's in two years time I've got an exhibition like a joint exhibition with my sister Vicenza um in Anglesey but um yeah that's kind of 
like that's an ongoing thing but I'm going to be going out into all the kind of wild swimming spots in Snowdonia and like documenting that and building up a body of work to exhibit for that so that's kind of going to be a rollout kind of thing in the next few years but um, it'll be quite a big body yeah, of work so, because that's yeah, a, a long time you're planning ahead for an exhibition so it must be a large body of work yeah yeah that's the thing well it's more like um because I, I just want to get out there and like because um, I'm, I'm not that familiar with Snowdonia so it's a good excuse just to like get out there and explore it so just getting away when I can like any weekend just to get out there and like swim in the spots yeah. and that kind of thing yeah that's what I love doing so yeah it's and do you ever look for the, like the local knowledge when you're coming to these new areas maybe people who are familiar with the as guides or maybe people who do a lot of walking tours or anything like that yeah yeah so um yeah that's the idea like I'm hoping to reach out to a few contacts um and that sort of thing so um yeah I haven't like I haven't really delved into it too deep at the minute but um yeah like local knowledge is just like even even in the Mourn Mountains like I grew up there but I'm always like asking my neighbours and that kind of stuff like um yeah, I'm always asking people about stuff that they might know about the mornings that I don't, because yeah, like that kind of first-hand information is invaluable. You might find these little gems of places that you might not know exist. To be fair, you know. Ex- yeah, exactly, exactly. That's it. And like, it, it is quite good. Wild swimming's like really like popularized at the minute, so it is really good. There's so much information online as well about like spots and stuff so maybe to people's dismay because i know a lot of people like to keep it secret but i feel like yeah it's funny because yeah. i imagine it's a, it's easy to it's find a bit out of a like. subculture but at the same time too people who enjoy it probably want to be able to share it with others who may be of equal kind of mindset yeah yeah so like i'd, I'd be like that about the morons i'm always telling people oh there's a great spot you can swim at but um yeah i do know like a lot of people i i can kind of understand you know like it they like to go there because it's quiet and remote and yeah. no one's there so like I do get the whole thing about don't mention it anyone within the circle kind of thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah, we were shooting at um, Derry Clare today and a whole bunch of people pulled up so we moved location oh, and I then an it. actual bus of tourists pulled in oh, behind right. us and I was like okay maybe we need to move to some of the quieter locations <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh, it's, oh I suppose it's August isn't it so it's like yeah peak peak time for tourists oh, isn't it I was at the Cliffs of Moher a few weeks go and uh that was pretty intense oh my days i haven't been there for years but when i went there there was like legit a lady in a velvet cape (laughs) like by the cliffs of moor i was like where am i like it's just you can tell it's just catering to that kind of transatlantic like tourism yeah yeah it was it's gotten pretty intense i've been there a few times in the last couple of years for be shoots or with family visiting and uh yeah, it's gotten pretty crazy. There's a lot of people here there anytime now. You, if you look at the cliffs, you're pretty much just seeing the cliffs covered in people, like, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, if you want to get a photo with the cliffs, you're going to have it with a crowd of yeah, people. Unless <laughs> you're willing to go in, in yeah. January. Yeah, because isn't it... <laughs> yeah, because isn't it like the Cliffs of Moor, like, I was reading... Maybe I've got this wrong. Like, I probably have. But, like, um, isn't it in Donegal is actually the tallest cliffs in Ireland it's like it's not actually the Cliffs of Moor or maybe the Cliffs of Moor just like more yeah it's quite possible I, I think it's just become kind of associated and um, become a bit like the vast 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 majority of people that we saw when we were there the last time were American and Asian tourists um, there was cameras everywhere oh, okay, if you turn yeah, around you're yeah. hit by a camera you know yeah <laughs> which is quite funny to yeah, me it's, like it's you're wild. standing beside 40 other people taking the exact same picture you know <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all taking like yeah. selfies, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit wild. Yeah, it is. It's a tricky one because I'm always like, oh, I just want other people to like enjoy like the outdoors and stuff. But then when it kind of there's there is like a limit, isn't there? When it turns into just like 
yeah. saturation and then the environment's compromised essentially like I know there's a lot of like control and place and stuff like that but there's always the fear if you like saturate an area and people don't know how to behave or um, treat the area yeah just like be, yeah like especially like um I, like littering is just like such a big problem in like the rural kind of areas where I'm from and like you notice that even in the morns like with in terms of camping people will like go camping and then just leave like belongings like abandoned just stuff in behind them the morns kind of and you're always just yeah yeah and it's that like that aspect is like kind of sad to see but you hope like the like with more education like hopefully that'll kind of lesson and stuff like that but yeah that that aspect of it's always sad to see because you you want people to enjoy the landscape but at the same time you need them to yeah. like respect it as well, you must have so. seen a big difference having yeah. grown up in, in a household where i would imagine you were out and about in nature a lot you've been doing this for a good few years you've probably just seen a big transition in that kind of behavior and, and the amount of people around yeah like i mean like it is i am really excited about it because like i have really noticed like i don't know if it's just because social media is just making it more prominent but i have like kind of noticed a kind of renaissance and kind of like the out, the great outdoors and like people getting out there like people my age kind of and like younger i think is really exciting because like when we were growing up like um we were kind of like when we were kids we were like dragged out every weekend to go walking like whatever the weather and like we were always like pretty <laughs> miserable about it but then come like when we were a teenager we were like this is great and we were like going out with our friends and going camping and stuff and that was really like amazing but you never saw like anyone else when you were like it is a very popular place to go walking on the weekends but yeah you wouldn't see teenagers just like going out and about whereas like now i notice when i go like yeah you just see like all ages and it's yeah really really busy on the weekends and you see a lot more people camping as well which is really good so yeah i think i think it is a positive thing that more people are just accessing the morns now yeah. which is good so yeah yeah it's just more like just managing that because it's not a national park it is like protected by the Morn heritage trust but yeah as long as like it's managed properly and there's the amenities to support the numbers coming in like i think that's the main yeah. thing yeah no, that's good it's like i think it's i think in some aspects a lot of maybe my generation a little bit younger they've traveled abroad a bit more and they've experienced those lifestyles in canada or australia where people have embraced the outdoors a bit more that's the thing yeah and you, you tend to find like a lot of people they're like they want to just go away straight away like especially from ireland like and they don't tend to want to explore places like in their country whereas now i think there's way more like emphasis on like finding yeah. these places like in their own country which, which is, is quite funny good. because we have yeah. such great resources in ireland for the nature of that kind of stuff it's not any less accessible than it is anywhere else. It's just less exactly. common as a behavior, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, cause like, I, like I did, like, having said all that, I did after I graduated, I like, moved to New Zealand <laughs> and I like lived there for a bit yeah. with my partner. So like, I like, I am one of those people, but, um, it was more like I studied in Cornwall, which is a very small place as well. So I just wanted to, yeah, see the world a bit. And, um, yeah, like even just six months there, I was like, yeah no like I want to get home like and it just made me appreciate like the morns all over yeah. again and Ireland oh, and New Zealand is kind of like yeah. Ireland on steroids yeah. I always think you know <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's like we were, me and my partner were joking. We just kept like, when we were like driving around, we we're like, oh, this is just like so and so at home, or oh, this is just like, yeah, because my partner's from Wheels. He was like, oh, yeah, this is just like this place in Wheels. It's quite funny, like travel halfway across the world, well, across the world, yeah, and you just end up thinking about home yeah, half the time. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't. I was there visiting friends a few years ago, and it did, like, it was amazing, but it did just very much strike me as being like a, a bigger version of Ireland, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like the oh, mountains, yeah. especially. It's kind of like a kind of familiar feel to it. The mountains, you know? a couple hundred more. 
yeah i think like the people too because like um yeah i do think there's that kind of like warmth from those people that you would associate with like ireland as well like i did notice that yeah they were like, almost yeah, overwhelmingly friendly at first it kind of caught me off guard a little you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sweet. So I always like to ask the guests or anyone who has a particular skill set, a little bit of advice for anyone who may be interested in what you do, if they want to explore their own artistic side or maybe they're thinking about doing something not similar, but having an outlet for what they want to do. Would you have any strong words of advice or any tips for people? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm like pretty like basic one would just be like, just get out there. Like if you have an itch to like go somewhere, like just do it. Like because I know like it's very easy to be like oh I'll do that next weekend or like yeah just putting off but like just literally getting out into the outdoors like there's so many amazing places in Ireland like I just find that so inspiring and it really like it's so good for your well-being and it really like boosts creativity and then from that like if you find out oh yeah I just really want to like document this landscape or I want to do like art in any way like I think a really nice like gateway into it is like joining a class or like a lot of towns have like an art society that you can join and that kind of thing and I think it's yeah really great to be surrounded by other creative people because you just bounce off that creativity as well so that's like a really nice way Mm -hmm. to get into it I'd say yeah is like join a class and yeah just like pick up a paintbrush and like don't hold yourself back because I feel like yeah because I feel like the education system just wants to like crush creativity like visit well like and in terms of like the UK like they just want to cut arts they just want to they do not value it culturally at all and I just feel like yeah we just need more people being more creative thinking more creatively like and yeah just trying not to like crush it come like your secondary school education I just feel like that creative side is just crushed out of people whereas I feel like if we nurtured it and encouraged it more in our education system, then we'd have a different society. It's funny we start. No, you're you're absolutely right because I I think the education (laughs) is interesting. It starts. My my kids are in in uh, creche and kindergarten at the moment, about to start primary school, and like it's you know you see them at the come back from school and they're they're painting and drawing and learning that kind of skill set, and then you go to the open day for school and they're like, right, here's the structure for how they will read. You know, you're like, oh, great. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's literally like a switch. Yeah, it's literally like a switch. It's literally saying no, no, no. Kids like from I I don't know actually like like, yeah maybe should be should be four and a half and And then (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like essentially just curbing that creativity and saying no now you need to learn a real subject inverted commas kind of thing yeah but it's great because yeah like because it's mad I was like I was yeah just um listening to a podcast about the subject recently and there was this guy in a that was a like professor and a doctor from a university in England and he was saying his like first year students just um in terms of the surgery section of his class where they were like knowing how to stitch up people and that sort of thing like he just noticed like their dexterity was just like terrible and they couldn't do it and they didn't have the confidence in their own hands to like do the surgery and he said like in the last 10 years he's just noted noticed such a gap between that and he was saying like it's down to just like we don't let kids like yeah in our education system we don't let like um children like explore that creativity and like crafting and hand making things anymore like there's a real kind of epidemic that people aren't doing that anymore so they're not confident with their hands in applying it wow. to other sort of things like in terms like, of medicine that could be, but yeah, yeah, but yeah sorry, like, that, that was... doesn't mean just actually medicine can be any like skill set or dexterity based movement you know yeah because when you think of like painting you're like oh music yeah what's that gonna 
like how is that interdis yeah what how is that interdisciplinary but like yeah any kind of creative thing where you're making something like yeah and just using that kind of left side of your brain yeah like all of that stuff is so interdisciplinary and it's all those soft skills that like can just feed into all mm. aspects of your life i feel that are just really yeah, no, that's very interesting yeah. yeah that's that's a good point i never thought about it like that um it's kind of worrying to hear those kind of comments and feedback isn't it oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, there is like, yeah, I do know, like, the Welsh uh, government is really good at, like, trying to stop, like, the cuts on arts. Like, I, I, there is, like, there's definitely hope. I feel like a lot of people, countries mm. are on board with it. It's just, yeah, like, because I, I don't know much about the um, Irish, like, education system at all. But I, like, just from personal experience and, like, from my friends at uni that studied in English schools, like, um, it's kind of, like, been the same theme of just, like, the arts department is just underfunded and yeah their education doesn't really value yeah. it kind of thing yeah uh, and it's interesting to see what you said there about like surrounding yourself with other people who are artistically inclined or maybe who are trying to get into stuff because in some ways you think it feels like a very solo pursuit yeah. but do you think having people around you in those early days when you're un unsure of your own work is it beneficial to have someone else who's maybe on that path too rather than someone else who's well experienced and maybe it seems like there's a huge gap between where you are and where you want to be Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. I just feel like that peer, like, review is, like, invaluable. And, like, that's kind of, like, why, like, I feel like art university, if you want to pursue it as a career, I feel like art university, if you can, that's just such uh invaluable time because you're just surrounded by people, like, peers, and you're all working together in that same environment. And, like, once you go out and try and, like, unless you're working in a studio with other creatives, it is quite hard. Like, a lot of freelance people are working isolated in isolated mm. areas like so it is like when you have that opportunity to work with other people like um they're in the same boat as you i think it's just really great for like bouncing off ideas getting a different perspective like because at the end of the day like the different perspectives from other people and their experiences is like what's gonna help you grow as a creative as well and give you like ideas yeah. and stuff like that yeah. so yeah cool so uh, you have been to the west of ireland northern ireland you've been to new zealand where would you like to go any any uh anywhere in the world you can go up here where would it be oh <laughs> well <laughs> um that that's a hard one probably like just oh everywhere. just everywhere <laughs> like, uh, i know that's a cowboy answer but yeah just everywhere yeah <laughs> but um yeah i think like um next is kind of Snowdonia like I know it's not that far away but um yeah just like my dad's actually from Anglesey in the north uh of Wales so um but I, I'm not really familiar with Snowdonia so I'm just kind of getting familiar with that area and it just yeah it has such a rich kind of heritage like of the kind of outdoor explorer kind of people that trained up there before they went to climb like in the Alps and that kind of thing and um yeah Mount Everest and stuff so it like that kind of aspect of it I find really interesting the idea that it's kind of okay. like a training ground like a mini Everest or something like that. to do bigger things yeah yeah like um but yeah just like the environment alone it has like yeah just such interesting like the geology I suppose yeah like uh, learning more about geology is something as well that I want to look into more when I go to different places because um yeah when we're in New Zealand like the geology is just like so fascinating like if you look at a geological map there's so many different colors essentially and like all the different types of rock and strata yeah. and that sort of thing um so yeah that's really interesting that's something and I want to look more into. Is there any good resources out there that you'd recommend for anyone who might be interested in getting involved in that kind of outdoors as well you, you mentioned the maps and stuff there anywhere you'd recommend to go to to find that kind of information i like i do know like um i thought that's quite hard um maybe like 
Do you mean just like yeah, I guess resources, resources like, are as in yeah, yeah, an OS map yeah. or yeah, yeah, like so an OS map um, or um, like a lot of libraries sometimes have like historical maps. That's quite cool. Like I, I do find like cartography is quite an interesting subject just visually, just to look at how maps were made previously. Or um, I, I pick up a lot of my maps actually um, in charity shops. I get a lot of the like kind of older versions of the OS maps and they're really beautiful like yeah. just to look at kind of thing so yeah, yeah that sort of thing um, I am a big fan of like um, visitor information centres like I do love, you love going a good in there visitor information like, if I'm in an area that I've never been <laughs> yeah like much to like my partner's dismay I, I'm that person that just goes in and like stays for an hour chatting to the people and picking up all the leaflets and it's very impractical but yeah no no like I do find out all the good places yeah. though through that so <laughs> yeah, that's quite useful you must yeah. come across some great interesting old structures in your travels as well though would you yes I think like or is I that as common I mean I know here in the west of Ireland you'll get lots like, of um, old mean, station like, houses from the railway lines and Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And like in the Mourns, um, cause it has such a rich heritage of, um, the quarrying, the quarrying yeah, up there. Yeah, that's alright. So, bit funny with that one. Um, yeah. And yeah, the Mournwall, like that's really like, uh, fascinating the history behind the Mournwall and everything like that. It's quite an interesting feature along the Mourns. And yeah, I suppose with, um, Snowdonia, a lot of actually the bodies of water that you can swim in, that's actually old quarries from the slate mining up there. So yeah, there's a lot of, that sort that of makes for some well. interesting and pretty uh, unique color combinations, I'd say, would it? Yeah, yeah, it, like it is quite cool. Yeah, the um, at Clamberis, like the uh, lake around there, and this like just below Snowden. Um, yeah, there's this massive slate mine, and it just looks bizarre. It looks like yeah. a moonscape essentially because they've just scarred out the cliff in different, and it's kind of like terraced. It, yeah, it's it's really interesting. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see like like kind of man's impact on the environment and what level it can just like cut off literally just chip away mountains like, yeah. interesting yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and like it is interesting like those kind of environments now are like um and like kind of breed new like a new environment like a new kind of um habitat for different species of flora and fauna that wouldn't necessarily be there before like so it is interesting how nature will just always evolve to yeah adapt to find to his own way a change in to environment nature finds a way as Jeff yeah. Goldblum says yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it's like yeah I saw um, a documentary on um, Chernobyl and how because the city's just been or the town uh, that the nuclear accident happened in has just been abandoned for so long you have loads of like rare um, breeds of animals that just haven't been around for like nearly went to extinction are now coming back because there's just been no human activity in that area for so long so yeah it's just really like amazing to see nature just yeah, come basically, back basically in. because we're not around <laughs> like, to ruin it effectively yeah <laughs> pretty much yeah nice, nice. <laughs> yeah it's pretty so uh, if people want to find yeah. you Pierre and your work give us a few links there where would they go to get a bit more information on yourself uh, yeah, so I've got my Instagram account is probably where I post most of my stuff. Um, I'm not that good with social media, but I try and like consistently this is, this post on that one. This is literally what every so creative says be, to me every single week. <laughs> not good on social media. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so, yeah, it's so it's such a tricky one. It's kind of like I need that for marketing, but also I kind of hate it. But yeah, no. Um, so yeah, basically, um, Instagram's Pira Trevice Illustration, all one word. Um, and then, um, yeah, my website's my name, uh, pyrotrevj.co.uk. Um, so yeah, and I've also got a Facebook uh, page, uh, 
with the same name, uh, but yeah, that gets less yeah. posting on it. So <laughs> I'd yeah. recommend the Instagram. We'll yeah, link to the Instagram so on in the show notes. Yeah. And uh, anyone you want to give a shout out to or anything so, yeah. you want to mention before we finish up? Yeah, yeah, no, probably. Um, actually, my sister Vicenza Trevje, um, she's like an amazing printmaker and artist and all round amazing person. Um, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, probably like um, if people are interested in like local creatives um like simon um worthington and like his whole publication like um turf and green i think that's like a really interesting resource to get like look into yeah. that sort of thing cool. as well that's great yeah. so yeah no, you're yeah, sorry, absolutely fine with i probably could have given <laughs> you some warning about that you <laughs> just wanted to see who you really value you know? <laughs> i know i'm preparing notes so yeah, it's like when you get asked a question and then you're like, yeah. what, is, you ma- what yeah. is my name? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Vera, thanks very much. Yeah. I really enjoyed that chat and I think I, I learned a nice bit from it as well. I'm going to be inspired I think, to get out and about, maybe have a look more at the, the environment around me and take more notice of what I'm out and about. Oh, that, no, that's super. Thanks so much for having me yeah. too. That was really, really so, fun. Thanks yeah. again to Pierre for joining us on the show. That's the end of today's episode. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by P2B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store or at p3b underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again and catch you on the next episode.